And we bring in one of our favorites and our mentor, former Senator Phil Graham of the great state of Texas, a visiting scholar with the American Enterprise Institute. And I want to get to inflation and recession. It looks like the first half of this year was negative GDP. But Senator Graham's got an op-ed piece, this week's Wall Street Journal, Student Loan Forgiveness is a Political Bribe. I guess so. I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty unpopular. Anyway, Senator Graham, welcome back. Um, You think this is a great, brilliant political move by Joe Biden? And you think the country is going to support, um, what is it, uh, uh, six, uh, six, uh, I don't know, how many, six million students? will be uh, have their loans forgiven anyway 45 well 45 45. million if he goes with the the whole thing with the ten thousand dollar forgiveness look i think if he could have given 45 million people ten thousand dollars each which would have been the the largest gift made as a part of a political election in American history, and will be if he makes it. I think if he could have done that without a public policy debate about it, that it might have been uh, successful. Um, but the problem is that it had for him is that there has now been such a debate about it that you've got 179 million people that are over 25 years old who have either gone to college and paid off their loans or they work to go to college. Uh, Their parents sacrificed their pensions for them to go to college or they never went to college. So the point is, While 45 million people are being given $10,000 apiece, what about the 179 million that are paying for it? And so I think in the end that it ends up being a bad political move. But look, and, and it's so easy to be critical, but this administration over and over and over again when it comes right down to it, their go-to play is to give away something. <laughs> and uh, this yeah. is a big giveaway. This is $400 billion with a B dollars. And this is real money. It's going to be added to the debt. And then what is going to happen to the student loan program in the future? Uh, if we've forgiven $10,000 of debt to people in the past, are we going to do it in the future? We're going to forgive more. And finally, Larry, let me say that you've got about 20% of the people who've gotten student loans who have never made a single payment. And the interest on it has built up and been added to the principal. Many of them use the money for living expenses. And they had no intention of ever paying it back. And so to what extent does society have a responsibility uh, to pay off their debt when the average person who went to college, even if they never got a degree, earns 10 times more in their lifetime because they went to college than the average outstanding student loan debt? And people that got a degree earn 40 times. 
and people that got uh, masters and doctorates earned 53 times and 80 times, and people that got law degrees and medical degrees earned 100 times average outstanding debt. How is it taxpayers owe them money? Mm. Uh, and the final point, enough said, is that we recently had the Biden uh, uh, forgiveness of $8 billion to government employees. Now, government employees uh, earn more on average, have better retirement programs, have more job security than the average American does. When Ronald Reagan was president, we discovered that we had a significant number of people in the Department of Education that had defaulted on guaranteed student loans. So guess what the president did? He garnished the wages of government employees <laughs> who were in default on their guaranteed student loan. Well, what does Biden do? He forgives their loan. <laughs> so so let, me, uh, <laughs> let me get this right. Those people with some college degrees or full college degrees or graduate degrees or law degrees or medical degrees make whatever, 53 times, 10 times, 53 times, 100 times uh, above the debt. They don't need it. They don't need it. But the rest of the country, you're talking about 179 million Americans, they are the ones who are paying for it. Or, you know, they either got something or nothing. So that is, those are bad numbers. I mean, I think those are bad political, the economics are terrible, but I actually think the politics are worse. Well, there is no economic argument for it. Uh, it's all politics. And the Democrats, the, the amazing thing to me is they don't try to hide it. <laughs> this is about politics 100%. Unless we buy these votes, we're going to lose the election. Um, and, um, you know, for the people who on the 4th of July are going to do a cookout and pay 17% more for the ingredients of that cookout than they paid last year, this is not going to be welcome news. Um, so I don't see it as good politics. We'll see. Well, you know, we're going to have an election in November and, um, uh, it's where we have an opportunity to change things if people want to do it. Yes, the consent of the governed has uh, been removed from the government. And to quote Thomas Jefferson, there's going to be a separation. No, the cavalry is coming. Can I just put you another another factoid? Uh, according to Sally May, okay, which is runs the student loan program and, and uh, the marketplace of student loans, uh, parents' income and savings cover nearly half of college costs, 45%. Free money from scholarships and grants from the colleges accounts for another 25%. Student borrowing, Phil, only covers 11% of the cost. That's a weird thing. It's a minor part of the cost on top of all these other stats that you've given us. Yeah, well, again, like I say, these horror stories you hear are from a small number of people right. who never made a payment, who never intended to pay the loan back. 
and who took the money. They paid their living expenses. They either majored in something that had no value in the marketplace or they never got a degree. And now they're saying, well, I owe all this money. Uh, what are you going to do about it? Uh, well, where I come from, you owe money, you pay it back. Uh, <laughs> yes. The, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's uh, and, and it goes on. Uh, I thought you were, when you talked about the uh, the housing agency, now apparently there's an effort underway to lower the amount of money we charge to guarantee loans uh, for houses at the very time the government is mm. pressing lenders to make subprime loans. I mean, it seems we never learn anything, but in any case, uh, it's by, another by the way, example. I'm just going to say, interest rates are so low, or were, they were so low, they should have paid down all this stuff in 2020 and 2021. They had a window to pay down everything because rates were so low, rates were tiny. And then the capital, you know, capitalized the lower rates into the principal, it would have been a lot cheaper to pay down the loan, the principal loan too. I mean, they actually missed a good market opportunity to uh, do this. Well, People could have done this individually. Uh, on student loans, People, Americans, have three times as much money in their checking account as they did the day the pandemic started. Yeah. And yet we have let them not pay their student loans for two years. Mm. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I don't uh, uh, I just don't get it. And I would be embarrassed to be making the argument. I yeah, the. You know, it's so so tempting when you're an old guy and you left Washington to uh, say uh, it wasn't as bad when I was there. But I, I just can't imagine arguing to do some of the things that uh, this administration and its supporters are arguing that we do. I just don't think I could do it. Uh, uh, I wouldn't do it. Uh but I don't see how people do it with a straight face. Um, that's that's why the cavalry's coming. That is why the cavalry's yeah. coming. That yeah, is I why the, right. the consent so. the consent of the governed has deserted the government. And to put it in at July fourth. So, Senator Graham, we got um, the GDP tracking model from the Atlanta Fed just registered minus. 2.1% GDP in the second quarter. Now, we're waiting for the June data, but that's a pretty bad omen. Uh, the GDP revision for the first quarter was minus 1.6%. That's from the uh, Bureau of uh, Commerce. So those are official numbers. The inflation rate is still running 8 to 10%, maybe a little less. The PCE deflator is about 7 to 8%. My question, I mean, how did we get here? 18 months ago, the economy was growing at plus 6.5%, less than 2% inflation, real wages and living standards going up. Here we are 18 months later, and the whole thing has fallen apart, Senator Graham. What you make of it? Well, well, look, I, I think it's a, a, as clear 
as any cause and effect that I've ever seen in economics, and I've been fooling with economics now for a lifetime. The federal government in a 16-month period increased government spending by 50-50%. The Fed bought much of the debt issued by government to fund that program, and in doing so, it increased the money supply faster than in any year in the post-World War II period. So to act as if anyone should be shocked (laughs) that prices went up when you increased spending by 50% and you printed more new money in the year than you printed in any year since the Second World War. I mean, I don't know how you can claim that that is not as clear and convincing and as clear and convincing evidence as you could possibly present as to what happened and how anybody could argue that you could do that and that prices would not go up is absolutely beyond me. I I don't get it. Uh, What happened is we printed a bunch of money at the time when production was down and prices shot up. That's what happened. So Joe Biden told us from the NATO meeting that if we defending the liberal world order is the cause of the price spikes. Well, prices were already up. uh, (laughs) I don't uh, get that. Four fifths of what they are now before that war ever started. Um. No, look, there's no doubt about the fact the war has had an effect, but it's not the cause. Uh, This is inflation that was made in Washington. The policy that was undertaken could have produced no other result than the result we've gotten. And now we're in a situation where we're moving into a period, uh, to to use a term that is largely forgotten since the quarter era, into a period of stagflation where we've got the worst of both worlds. We have prices rising, and we've got production declining. And when employment starts to decline, then I guess people will bring back the misery index. Mm-hmm. The unemployment rate plus the inflation rate. We've certainly yeah. brought back the misery. I don't know whether we'll bring back the yeah. index or not. But in any case, it's it thing. It is so easy. Inflation is like a war. It's easy to start. It's mm-hmm. very very hard to get out of. You know, uh, in economic policy terms, one of the points here I think is. Whatever, we've had price shocks, individual price shocks. Uh, yes, we, from the war, energy, but as you say, it started earlier. Uh, we've had pandemic uh, supply shocks, supply chain shocks. But the thing is, Senator, the Fed monetized all these shocks. They did exactly the wrong thing. And, you know, in the 70s, remember, 
we had the Arab oil embargo and so forth, and the Fed monetized it. They added money. They accommodated the price shock. I mean, I have to think that's one of the biggest mistakes this Federal Reserve. I understand the government spending part and the borrowing part. The Fed monetized that also. But they also monetized these supply shocks. And that tells me that this Fed doesn't know what it's doing, learns nothing from the past. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it exactly that way. I think I would say it this way. The government policy that increased spending by 50 percent produced a situation where, using the argument that we were in a deep recession and nobody knew when we were going to get out, this is because of the pandemic, uh, the Fed then came in and made it all easy and, quote, painless in the short run by printing a bunch of money to facilitate it. Um, I don't, in a describing blame, I put more blame on the president and Congress than I do the Fed, but there's plenty of blame to go around. And look, I think there are very real reasons we could question how independent the Fed was operating of the Biden administration mm. when the Federal Reserve Bank and its officials were endorsing all of this spending. Mm, yes, yes, yes. They went right. to Congress and said, yeah, it would be a good idea to spend this money. Uh, and, I, you know, I've dealt with the Fed a long time. I was chairman of the banking committee. I talked to Alan Greenspan virtually every day under some circumstances. But uh, Alan Greenspan, one time in his career, said if we got this surplus because the Cold War is over, you'd be better off cutting taxes rather than spending it because if you needed the money back, you could raise taxes. Okay. And he just got blistered by the New York Times, by the Democrats. And this Fed, during the pandemic, was the most consistent voice for more spending. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over and over again. Almost every day there was a member of the Federal Reserve Board that was endorsing this spending. Mm-hmm. So uh, there really... They became a political institution during that period. Now, where the test will come is when this really begins to hurt and the unemployment rate starts to rise and inflation is still uh, very high by the standards of the last 40 years, how much independence are they going to exercise in continuing to kill off the inflation? Uh, I think that's going to be a very real test, in my opinion. They're talking about, final point, last minute or so, minute and a half, they're talking about a reconciliation bill, and Joe Manchin is flirting with it, that would raise taxes, Senator, by over a trillion dollars and spend a trillion dollars, some such, on various... uh, uh, Green New Deal, uh, renewable tax credits, 
uh, Obamacare subsidies, more Medicaid spending. I mean, that's not going to help. That's going to make it worse. I can't imagine a worse policy. The spending is bad. The taxes are bad. The intent is bad. Um, And I am hopeful that that can be stopped. It's going to add to inflation. It's going to add to the the forces driving us into a recession. Um, um, It will kill them in the election, but unfortunately, it is going to hurt a lot of innocent people in the interim and afterwards. Yes, sir. Senator Phil Graham, can't thank you enough. Getting ready for your book about inequality. Happy Fourth. Happy Fourth. God bless America, 100%. We will restore life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.